Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Why is Jesus caring so much about just the Samaritans in this story? Doesn't Jesus say that he cares about the whole world? Why is he caring about just this one people group? Don't all the people groups matter? Don't all of the lives matter? Why is Jesus just caring about just the Samaritans? And Jesus said, whoa, 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 wait. I have a grace distribution policy that says that you can't hoard love on the top. <laughs> you can't hoard the goodness of God just for the people who are on the very top. That's not how grace works. That's not how God thinks because I don't think a trickle-down method is going to work in terms of God's love. Jesus said, I can't expect that if I stay in Jerusalem that the news will ever make it to Samaria. The rift between Jerusalem and Samaria is way too big. Jews and Samaritans have fought for a long time and culturally Jews have made rules that they are not to interact with Samaritans, the despised people. This is why that later story of the Good Samaritan is so scandalous because Samaritans and Jews are never supposed to talk to each other. Jerusalem and Samaria were never supposed to have communication lines. And Jesus said that if I just stay in Jerusalem and the kind of suburbs of the area, because God's grace has a plan. God has a grace distribution plan, and it doesn't just happen from the people who happen to be closest to the hub of where all the good stuff is. It's just not for the people who have the most access. God says, I need to go straight to Samaria, and, uh, and I have to bring some good news with me. And of all the places that he goes in Samaria, he goes to a well at noon. No one goes to wells at noon. No one did much at all, in fact, when you're living in the desert, in the Middle East, at noon when the sun is blazing overhead. And they definitely didn't go out of town to go to a well because you'd sweat out as much as you were retrieving from the well. But Jesus did because he knew that the people who were going to show up at a well in Samaria at noon were the kind of people who were the highly qualified specialists who would be able to bring the gospel from the bottom up. Jesus knew that when the Samaritans get the gospel, then everyone gets the gospel because that's how it works. Generally in society, people usually pass things across and up. So if you have, if you give all the good stuff to the people on the top, they're just gonna keep giving it to each other. But if you give it to the folks who are closest to the ground, they'll not only minister to each other, but the whole society. You see, I'm Asian American, and one of the reasons why my dad was able to immigrate to the United States is because the 1965 
Immigration and Nationality Act, which got rid of immigration quotas from different countries. Previous to this, Chinese Americans struggled with an exclusion act, which was like a travel ban, detention centers where parents were separated from their children, and Asians being categorized as less human than the immigrants who are coming from Western and Northern Europe. The 1965 Immigration and Nationality Act disrupted all of that. And why did the 1965 Immigration and Nationality Act pass? Because of the Civil Rights Movement. The Civil Rights Movement inculcated the imagination of America with the ideals of freedom and democracy and equality and the notion that America is not an exclusively white country. And so the civil rights movement, by pressing for African-American rights, set into motion all of these other chain events that created a more just society. And if the civil rights movement didn't happen, I wouldn't be here now. And so when you bring up the question of whether Black Lives Matter, it naturally starts to raise up all sorts of questions about what other colors of lives matter. And I'm seeing all of these non-Black people of color in the wake of George Floyd and all the things that happened. All of a sudden, these non-Black people of color are saying, I have to start decolonizing myself more than I ever have before. I gotta start taking this seriously. I have to figure out how anti-Blackness is woven into my people's story in America as well. Black consciousness has led to all of us being able to have a stronger part in the conversation because that's how the grace distribution model of God works. And that's why Jesus knew that whatever qualified specialist was hanging around a well at noon in Samaria would be exactly the kind of person who would be able to bring collective liberation to the world. So he has this conversation with this woman, and it's such an amazing thing to study as a community organizer, because he starts out with, please give me some water. Jesus, the creator of the universe, goes to this woman and says, you have something to offer. This is not a top-down power dynamic. Listen, you have a bucket, I don't have a bucket, and I need your help. And they go back and forth. And eventually Jesus is like, yeah, okay, so I actually know where there's like a river of abundant life. Uh, but but I, I know where that is. And I'm still approaching you with the humility and dignity of naming that you already have things in your life that allows you to minister to people that other people need. And, and Jesus continues to explain that if you participate in this living well, in the living water, this river of life, then you don't have to go through the humiliation of having to get your water at noon from this well. And she, I mean, this Samaritan woman is smart. Like she, here's, here's the pitch and she's like, yeah, I'm in. Show me where to sign. And Jesus, you know, if this was like, half of the churches in America. They'd be like, great, come on down, altar calls, splashy, splashy, and now you're done. 
Christianity completed. <laughs> but Jesus, in this story, says we are only just beginning. Because hold up. You know, Jesus is like, uh, why don't you bring your husband along? Because... Isn't it like Jesus that he's always asking us to bring people along to experience our journey? And we're like, no, I just want to have a special little experience by myself. And Jesus is like, bring friends. <laughs> so Jesus is like, why don't you bring your husband along? And she denies it. And he's like, that's the thing. You aren't going to be the qualified specialist that God made you to be. You're not going to be a subversive for the kingdom of God as long as you're always kind of denying your own story. Because the Samaritan woman was like, I don't, uh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus like, I think that there is more to your story than you are letting on. And until you are able to make peace with your past, then you're always going to be living in this shame spiral, this secrecy place. And that would be fine if you weren't the qualified specialist that God needs to spread the good news in the world. You know, like, you'd be fine if you were just kind of, like, wallowing in your own shame spiral, except that there is injustice in the world and the kingdom of God is begging to be shared, and you are the one who has the mouth who can bring the good news. And so Jesus is like, it is time to make a little bit of peace with your story. Now, a lot of people get this story interpretation a little bit sideways because they're like, oh my gosh, she's been married five times. That must mean that she's a sinner. And Jesus is like, first of all, he knows all of this already. You know, Jesus isn't like, so, like he's not surprised, he's not scandalized by this revelation. He already knows all this already. And it's named in the conversation like, yeah, you've been married five times. And then he moves on. He apparently doesn't take a huge issue with this. He apparently thought that there were bigger things to talk about. And so Jesus is like, listen, I already know some things that in the broader scheme of society would be seen as kind of knocks against you. I already know the ways that you have been marginalized such that you have to go out to the well at noon in Samaria. But here's the thing. The closet kills people. And as long as you are living in the closed door shame and secrecy of your past, as long as you are ashamed of the way that people have treated you and the decisions that you have made, you are never going to really be able to minister to the world in the ways that all the world is waiting for. And that's not like, that's not like a, a heavy mantle stress thing. That's like, I am, I'm looking for you to come alive. I'm looking for you to hear the sound of the genuine. That's Howard Thurman. I'm looking for you to hear the sound of the genuine, for you to speak into the authenticity of who God made you to be. Because until you are able to do that, then all of us are toast. So, yeah, you've been married five times. 
I imagine there's a lot of stories there. I want you to hold on to those stories because you know that there's a bunch of ladies who have been married five times who are going to hear your story and then all of a sudden they're going to be like, whoa, wait, I can have hope in my life and then it's already a done deal, right? So, so Jesus is like, I want you to start wrestling with your past in a way that allows you to, this is what we say at New City, to have some sacred compost for you to put in the stuff that just gives you pain and shame and then lift it up to God and worship up to God, offering it up to God and let God do that composting to turn it into ministry. And Jesus is like, this is something that cannot delay. You are talking about a Messiah who's going to come like way, way down the line, way later. And Jesus is like, I'm here right now. God is here right now. A new era that you like keep talking about prophetically one day, one day, one day. That's starting like right now. We're already in the process of getting rid of the old broken way of doing things. But you gotta be honest with your story and start to make a little bit of peace with yourself first. And uh, this part didn't get read, but she goes back to proclaim to her village that there is a God who knows us, that God is not just a distant, vaporous kind of theory, but that God is a God who can know us and who can bless us and in return asks us to bless God back. God is creating an energetic circuit of love between God and us because God sees all of who we are and still chooses us. God is saying, I'm choosing you so that you can look out with eyes of love to the world and choose the world. Let's make a future together. Amen.